Hey. How's it going? Good. How are you? I am pretty well. I, uh, yeah, I've had a long day, but um, just a lot of running around. Um, how about you? I just had work today. Monday's always Monday, especially like we had an award show to cover last night. So that made it even more of a Monday than it needed to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, where do you work? I work at Rolling Stone. Right. Yes. Um, and you were, were you up late covering uh, the awards last night? Um, it wasn't super late. I want to say it ended about 1130, but it was still actually no ended close to midnight because it was about four hours long. It was the BET Awards. Yeah, yeah. So we're recording this on the 26th. Um, so yeah, that was that was last night. Yeah. Um, and it, but it didn't go like super long. You weren't up to like three in the morning, like pushing. No. Yeah, it was fine. It like on the on the scale of award shows, like we cover the Grammys and the Oscars super intensely, and then there's like the like second and third tier award shows and so BT um like I mean I mean we cover a little bit more and stuff like that but they're usually a lot less labor during the actual show mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but still like they go on for so long <laughs> it's excessively long yeah so it was by the time it was done I think like everyone on my team was pretty much already in bed just like waiting for it to be over yeah, I can't imagine. I feel like I feel that way whenever I try to just watch any award show. Yeah. Having to write about it. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God. Another, like, ugh, more and awards? You have, to be, <laughs> you have to be, like, objective in the news post. And I just want to be like, this was the most boring thing I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> what were the highlights of, of last night? There was um, New Edition showed up, and so they did a bunch of their songs, which was great because I love New Edition. Mm-hmm. And Escape, this R&B girl group, they reunited, and so they did a really great job. But yeah, everything else was like they were having so many technical difficulties. Like it was just, it seemed like it was put together by just like like a community theater, just like group that had like two days to turn around an entire award show. And they just couldn't get any of the technical stuff right. Like microphones weren't working. Just like no one knew their cues. It was it was very off. Oh. Yeah. Huh. That sounds awkward. It is. It was it was an ordeal. That I guess that kind of made it kind of interesting. Yeah, I know. That can be fun though. Like when a live event is just like screwing up and then you get to be like <laughs> like that's more interesting sometimes. So Yeah. Like there was like this massive pause when New Edition was supposed to quick change after they did their acceptance speech for getting the Lifetime Achievement Award. Mm -hmm. And there was just, like, dead air, and it was just the camera (laughs) kind of panned over the audience for, like, a few minutes. And it was just no one knew what to do, and the announcer kind of awkwardly stepped in and was like, ladies and gentlemen, New Edition? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So awkward. Oh, that sounds rough. (laughs) Um, But, yeah. Yeah, now it you, so you write a lot about about music, I know. Yeah. Um I just went to your Twitter and I just saw that you went bowling with all time low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was um I've been wanting to interview them for a really long time because all time low was really just very important to my scene kid aesthetic in high school. Uh-huh. And I think I saw them like probably around like ten times 
over the course of like 2007 to 2011-ish. And I have been wanting to interview them for a really long time and their new album's great. And so I was just like, where do you guys want to meet up? And they're like, let's go bowling. So it was really fun. <laughs> that seems really fun. Um, My like warp tour dreams came true. <laughs> Yeah, all every kid who goes to Warp Tour dreams of bowling with their uh, <laughs> with their their power pop idols for sure. <laughs> what? Okay, so what was your your scene education or experience like? Like, who are your your top? Who are your guys? I mean, I was really deep in the Chicago scenes. I grew up in the Chicago suburbs, and that's kind of like obviously the birthplace of Fall Out Boy. And right? when I got into the like Chicago pop punk scene, that was right after Fall Out Boy blew up. And so a lot of bands were kind of like in that post Fall Out Boy sort of like like weird swoopy spiked hair situation <laughs> and skinny jeans. And like they were, it was just like a lot of looks going on. Um, so I was really into a lot of Chicago bands. So there was like this band called Too Sweet that I really, really adored um, and A Kidnapped in Color. And they all sound exactly as their band names suggest they would sound. Mm-hmm. And um, there was another band that I really loved called You, Me, and Everyone We Know that came out of, like, the D.C. area. They were great. Um, But, yeah, so I kind of, like, I just, I mean, I loved in junior high, like, Fuel by Ramen bands. And Mm -hmm. I was, like, super into, like, Panic the Disco and My Chemical Romance and Fall Boy and all that in junior high. And then I, like, became full-on scene kid around like 2006 and just started going to local shows in Chicago every weekend. Nice. I, um, I have to admit that I actually have been listening to like a lot of panic at the disco lately. That's me every day. (laughs) (laughs) I am. Oh God. I, there's something about that style of music that is like just so theatrical and like so arch that like yes. I really love like and I, to the point where like I'm like I know a, a lot of those bands like purposely flirted with um like maybe like gay baiting is like a little harsh but like that was always yeah. part of of scene aesthetics was like sort of like this imagery of like of queerness that wasn't necessarily followed through with any kind of reality or whatever but um yeah that was like part of what they're selling but like there is something so arch about like a panic or like um, you know, even something like a Cobra Starship sometimes, like, it's just like, mm-hmm. how, like, how did these guys pull that off? Like, I'm still, like, I will still go back and listen to There's a Reason These Tables Are Numbered, like, yes, pretty frequently. <laughs> I love that song so much. Um, yeah, I, I think there was, it was like, almost like a pre, like, pre-wokeness, I guess. Like, I feel like there was like, something, like, they were kind of more tolerant than past rock scenes, but like they were still just like straight white dudes, but like they kind of, I know. I feel like there was like some type of like queer aesthetic that they were appropriating, but also like the scene itself was super accepting of like, I mean, at least the Chicago scene was like super accepting of like all sexualities and like all genders. And it wasn't super tied to like only straight dudes were like listening to these bands, which was kind of nice. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like there was sort of like these these guys were kind of doing this like like fake queerness almost just like 
in the way that they kind of acted and dressed and everything. And, but they're all still like straight white dudes who did sort of all the same thing. <laughs> but yeah, Panic at the Disco is definitely my favorite from that era. Yeah. I was actually talking about them with, um, with my girlfriend the other day and, um, because, uh, I was thinking about them because, uh, Brandon is, I guess, in the current run of Kinky Boots, which yes. is like the only thing that could possibly get me interested in that show. Like I have <laughs> zero desire to see it, but like, oh, oh, maybe I will now. <laughs> but like we were talking about him and like, like that band is so has such a strange history because like, I guess the first album was like the one that he really wanted to make. Um, mm-hmm. And then his bandmates were like, hey, can we be the Beatles now? And then yeah. they, they did... Um, uh what was the pretty odd. pretty odd yeah yeah which was like completely different um and then they did like a bunch of more stuff like that and then at some point i think he like fired them uh, like one of them had like a drug problem or something and he was like he cut them loose and then they did that album like a year or two ago where they like it's it's a lot more like the original in some ways but like mm-hmm. there's an album or there's a video of him like turning into a monster um and it's like oh right this is what happens when he has like full creative control (laughs) i know i like i i figure can't sweat out was just so pivotal to my entire adolescence like i just like i got really into um oh my god how do you say his name chuck palonic chuck palunic oh chuck yeah Uh, chuck palunic yeah yeah Yes. And he, so like a lot of the lyrics in the song mm-hmm. titles come from his books. Yep. And so like, I would like read all those books and I like loved looking through all the references that Pack of Disco were making. Um, I think I brought a copy of Invisible Monsters like the first time I met Brendan Yuri to like perhaps, <laughs> to have him sign, which was like my friend's birthday gift that, later that year. Um, and that was, I think when I was like 19 or something. And yeah, I, they, they just, yeah, they've had the weirdest band trajectory, but like pretty odd is I, I like really enjoyed it and everyone I know hated it, but I was also like a huge fan of like the Beatles and rubber soul and mm. all of that. So I was just like, when pretty odd came out, I was like, fuck yeah, this is my shit. <laughs> and no one else liked it. Yeah. I felt very strange listening to a new panic album in the year of our Lord 2017 or in 2016, <laughs> I think is when it came out, uh, maybe 2015, uh yeah who knows time is strange um no one can say for sure but um (laughs) it was a very strange experience to be like oh i'm this is like 10 years later like that's weird this is a very weird i don't know that anyone else i know is listening to this album (laughs) me (laughs) okay good i'm like okay no yeah they like i like that brenda was just like let's do a frank sinatra album but it's actually just like it's just him now yep it's him and a bunch of like randos yep and um also fun fact about that album if you go to genius he has annotated his own songs really yes oh my god i love that when you see an artist has like has gone to genius and been like here's what this lyric here's here's what this really means let me fill you in yeah there was like that um that annotation that lil yachty did that was going around Uh uh-huh where he was like, I know this is incorrect. I just wanted to yeah. rhyme. <laughs> and he, like, it was like a full-on paragraph. And he was just like, I get it. I understand. It's okay. I just like need to rhyme it for this song. Yeah. yeah. I was like, it was, it was very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. That site. Oh, my God. 
it's, <laughs> like it sucks that it's become like like it's the most reliable lyric site at this point like even yeah. if you go to like because like usually when you search for uh, like if you're on google and you like search for a song in lyrics google lyrics or google music is the first thing that'll come up the mm-hmm. lyrics on google music are often not correct oh it's terrible like they'll just have random words kind of like mashed together and i'm like did you like google translate the song right like i don't know if it's just like a, a, a robot doing it or if it's just they, yeah. just they just scraped old az lyrics or something um but so you have to, you're forced to genius and then they've they've got you in their ecosystem and you have to click on annotations you they force you to click on annotations that are like oh what he is saying here is that um in fact he is quite wealthy <laughs> and it's like god do we I'm, have to do this i'm still an az lyrics stan because i just aesthetically mm, love it <laughs> on that web 1.0 shit yeah i like i i just i love to screenshot on that beautiful purple background mm, classic My favorite thing <laughs> so good who even who even like runs that site anymore is it just like self-aware at this point it's just like god i've never thought about that maybe it's like wikipedia where there's just like a loyal group of people who like update everything pretty quickly because i feel like i get lyrics up on there super fast yeah well i it's funny because i would used to see things that were like thanks to like steve g for correcting these lyrics or something like what how Mm -hmm. does this work okay so i'm looking apparently metro wait is metro lyrics the same as az lyrics because they're probably the same company i think so who owns this milan tesevich interesting hmm. he's a canadian computer engineer good yeah. for him he was 16 <laughs> when he created metro lyrics wow well it's something to aspire to i love that when i googled az lyrics um what came up was az lyrics on genius <laughs> there's a song called hey az by a guy named az Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm seeing that. That's <laughs> God. That's oh, do you think that was just do you think that was like a long con of just like <laughs> this is gonna be a site called genius and uh, I'm gonna just really just make a great joke. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I wanna make sure that whenever someone Googles AZ lyrics, they find me. Okay, so here's the thing though. Um under you know how on sometimes Google will show like results within a website. Mm-hmm. The ones that it's showing for me right now are um, it's like submit lyrics, artist A, artist B, and then there's three actual artists listed for you to like yeah. click on. And um, <laughs> there's Katy Perry, which like okay in terms of like sheer number of people looking her up makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. There's Dua Lipa who I know nothing about. Um, I think she's maybe from England. Yeah, um, she is. And has nice eyebrows. That's the extent <laughs> of what I know about her. Uh, and then Linkin Park. What? I know. I have also two chains on mine. Oh, man. You're winning. But those same three with it. God. I want to know all the people who are looking up Linkin Park lyrics. Who is looking up Lincoln Park in 2017? The answer is me because I just clicked on it. 
<laughs> what is your favorite Lincoln Park track? Were you ever I, a Lincoln Park fan? I was. I was. I loved Lincoln Park so much. God, same. Um, I so I really loved In the End. But oh yeah. My favorite Lincoln Park album is Collision Course. Hell with yes. <laughs> I I just I think that album deserves so much more respect. People mm-hmm. hate that album so much. And it's <laughs> incredible. The fact that Jay-Z, like, I can't even imagine Jay-Z in 2017 ever doing that type of album with anyone. Oh, God, no. I mean, this was 2004. It was a different era. Yeah. People were and just like, just, yeah, I'll do a Linkin Park album. Yeah. I just, I think that's that's the funniest part to me. Because I already love the album a lot. But just even, like, like trying to comprehend the idea of Jay-Z as we know him now ever agreeing to do something like that is just so beyond it's unreal i mean new metal was very big in 2004 yeah it was okay lincoln park released an album this year excuse me i actually have not listened to it yet i remember reading a little bit about it and they did a song with um this like young artist that i like kiara and i listened to half of it and i did not enjoy the song mm. but for them okay what is this um they have they have a track from their first ep called zero with an x yeah um called stick and move (laughs) and uh it i've never heard this and it's just it seems like they weren't really fully in their sort of element yet like, like limp biscuit lyrics yeah, they, <laughs> were you ever a Limp Bizkit fan? Of course, I saw them oh, live a few god. years ago. Actually, <laughs> oh my god, they're fuck. Um, <laughs> did you ever see? Uh, so I don't know if you were ever like much of like a gamer or whatever, like a, a someone who's into games, like a big gamer, like much of a game I like, games. I have like person. very. I enjoy Kingdom Hearts a lot. Okay. But Did I, you... I don't think I made it very far because I'm not very good at coordinating my Well, it's hands. completely impossible to understand <laughs> also. It, it's incomprehensible. <laughs> but the, the point of the story is that Lincoln Park didn't – or sorry, not Lincoln Park. Limp Bizkit did an ad for the Sega Dreamcast in, like, 1999 mm-hmm. um, where it was just, like, like – of a, a cartoon of Fred Durst that was like, it was about to advertise like online gaming or something. He was like, if you get your ass kicked, it's probably me on the other end of the line. And it's like, <laughs> there's a cartoon of him like playing a game looking really mean. Um, also, Fred Durst was a, to bring it back to the Chuck Palahniuk thing, there was a, a video game made a fight club, which, um, just to me illustrates how little anyone who like made that knows about the source material. It wasn't even like you have to plan like project mayhem stuff. It was just like literally like a street fighter game. Yeah. Um, and Fred Durst was a character in that game. <laughs> As I would dream. God. They should just remake fight club with Fred Durst. <laughs> I need to see what he looks like now because He's like a director now. He like direct. Well, not like a real director. He directs like. <laughs> he, directs, <laughs> he directed like an eHarmony commercial. 
<laughs> That's my favorite Fred Durst back of like the last like five years. Oh my god, he looks. God, what does he even look like? He looks like Phil Collins is being taken over by his beard. God, his son. Okay, oh my god. There's a picture of him with his son. If you search Fred Durst 2017, it's like one of the first things that comes up. There's a picture oh, of I him. I didn't even know he had kids. And his son, Dallas. <laughs> oh my God. His son's name is Dallas. That's incredible. <laughs> that's like a, a cool, that's like a, a cool nickname that you have to like earn. You can't just like be named Dallas. Wait, he like, he like Fred totally does look like Phil Collins though. This is it's absolutely a little weird, out. right? Like, how is that? I just, I love the idea that like, Fred Durst has morphed into Phil Collins. <laughs> it's the it's the circle of life. Yeah, it's the life cycle oh of a musician. Um, everyone just becomes Phil Collins in the end. Yeah, and that's what the Linkin Park song is about. <laughs> I know. I look. I loved when um when he had to actually tweet about how he wasn't Robert Durst or related <laughs> to Robert Durst. Yes. Oh my god! I definitely the, every time I saw that it was just like, what? What did <laughs> what did Fred Durst do? Oh my god! Well, we wish him the best. Wishing Fred Durst the best constantly. He's only forty six. That thought. seems he looks really old. <laughs> incorrect. He looks incorrect. old for forty six. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Oh, that is Oof. so dark. That is, yeah, very dark-sided. It's that dark-sided yeah. lifestyle that's got him looking like that. Like, that's what Star Wars taught us, right? Like, if you're, like, on that, like, <laughs> like lightning-ass, like, evil shit, then you turn old and ugly fast. And I wouldn't say that Fred Durst is ugly, but he is old. He is old. So. He is. The life of new metal has really taken a toll. Yeah. <laughs> it really just corrodes your your bones, <laughs> that new metal, those rhythms. <laughs> forbidden rhythm uh he was apparently on the tom green show at some point and he did not look well but he looks much better now so is the tom green show still going uh i don't know i feel like i was talking about this with someone a few maybe like a month ago on this show we we ended up talking about tom green somehow and um i don't know where he is today um but did you ever watch it i would like catch it super late at night sometimes but that was pretty much it i feel like i was most fascinated with him when he was married to drew barrymore and then when they got divorced i stopped caring yeah that was definitely a fascinating period um yeah as a canadian i think he was when i was young sort of this uh weird role model in a way of just like oh man he's from like basically where we live like he was Mm -hmm. he actually grew up very close to uh to me and to yeah. a lot of people I know, and was like, oh, he's like, has his own show uh, named after him. That's so cool. Um, and then I realized, like, you know, years later, like, oh, this this is, like, deeply upsetting. <laughs> like, the episode <laughs> where he, like, uh, he turns his, his parents' car into the sledmobile. I don't think I've seen that one. He basically got, like, two women, like fucking airbrushed onto the hood of his parents car um because oh because they love lesbians and uh 
and then was like following his dad around in the car like hey dad you don't have to be ashamed of the slut mobile it's the slut mobile oh i think this was liz harvey we were talking about this now that i'm thinking about it um but yeah it was just very troubling do you have you like had that experience of um checking up on someone that you thought was cool as a kid and then being like oh man this person has like sucks and has always sucked I actually like like kind of with um kind of for like bring it back to the scene kid stuff. I went back to um I like did you ever listen to 303? I don't think I did. Okay, don't. Okay. Um like I was super into them in high school. Like they're just like these like two douches from like Colorado and they made this like weird like just like kind of like proto EDM, like weird rock. I don't even know how to describe it. It's bad. But like, I recently went back to it and I was like, who let me listen to this ever? And cause I think they just released like a new like album or something. And I listened to a couple of the songs and I was like, Oh, I had bad taste for <laughs> a good portion of my teens because like the lyrics were so like, so terrible and just like, so like sexist and bad and like, weird and I was just like why did I listen to this so much when I was a teenager like I was very excited to meet them when I was like 17 huh. I went to Warp Tour exclusively to see them <laughs> I was like wow I was like who let me <laughs> yeah and their music is even worse somehow like they Ugh. somehow decided to make worse music that sucks <laughs> yeah that's like a shitty thing to realize I actually was thinking about this recently I was like part of me like a very bad part of me wants to like do some kind of project where I like track down these people who I thought were so cool when I was a kid and just like try and just like interview them but like it could go to a very dark place like very quickly yeah um and I don't know that it would be able to like no one would learn anything it would just be like recriminations (laughs) and uh but like I was into so many like people who in retrospect were like oh man these guys suck like, yeah, they're really bad. Um, and the, I think the other dark one was like, I like really loved Tosh.0. Oh, right. And I just like, I can't even like make it through an episode anymore. I like, I was like, so I had such a huge crush on Daniel Tosh, which is probably like the darkest quarter <laughs> of my taste. Um, so yeah, it was like really bad and so then i i forget about it often and then if i'm like watching tv and there's an ad i'm like oh god there's a point in my life is that still on it's still on jesus oh my god i literally just saw an ad for it yesterday it's been because yeah i think it started when i was like 16 or 17 or something like it's it's still happening and it's still like awful and he's still a douche yeah he's bad yeah so i was like just just had a huge crush on him because my taste is questionable (laughs) but (laughs) oh man yeah i i don't know that is oh man he's worth 11 million dollars god what the fuck (laughs) god it's so it's so like profitable to just be a douche yeah it's really depressing yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I 
I feel like I've, I've, I get into these like dark periods of being like, like I used to be when I was like in high school or something, I was really into this video series where just like this guy would like yell at like old Nintendo games um, <laughs> called the angry Nintendo nerd. And then um, I started I don't know. I guess I was just like really depressed or something lately. And I started watching them again. I was like, (laughs) wow, this super sucks. And like, and then I was like, I found out that he has kids and is married and he has like two daughters. And I'm like, imagine being this guy's daughter and finding his content where he's (laughs) screaming at video games and just like, does he still make videos? He does. And like, the weird thing is that like, he's sort of like, like you can tell he's like tired. Like he's got these like eye bags and like, he made a video like a month or two ago where he didn't seem angry so much as just like confused like and just like kind of tired and bored and was just like like he used to do a lot of screaming and like hyperbole and then he was just like I don't get this like what's happening yeah. and it was like oh you're like mellowing kind of in your old age but like also it's really terrifying that you have children and like I mean not just I don't know anything you know it's like I'm sure it's a character and everything but like just I, I just think a lot of it, like, being the child of someone who had, like, a very bizarre entertainment job and finding their stuff when you're growing yeah. up and just being like, what the fuck was my dad doing? Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about um, just sort of, like, the economy of YouTube and, like... Oh, my God. Just, like, how it's almost become, like, a new sort of, like working class job almost for people who can sustain it long enough if they like sustain like a decent level of like viewership like they can still just like kind of profit off of that and like make a living just like still being a youtube personality and not necessarily gain to like 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 tyler oakley levels of like super fame but they can still vlog and they can still you know do these things that you know have an audience and people watching it And it's, like, fascinating because it's, like, this weird, like, middle level of fame. And it's, like, you kind of have to stick with this shtick for as long as possible to, like, continue doing it. Um, Because I was kind of going back to a lot of people who got really famous for covering songs on YouTube and how they would try to launch careers because they had all this big buzz. And then Uh their careers didn't really take off. And then they just kind of had to go back to covering songs and still (laughs) get millions of views. but Like like, Pomplamoose or something? Yeah, like, there's, like, a lot of artists like that that just, like, have to remain doing the thing that got them to a point of some level of recognition with a certain corner of the internet, and they just kind of, they can't move past that. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, like, on the one hand, I sometimes see, like, these people doing this stuff on YouTube, and it just has, like, this huge reception, and, like, some small part of me is, like, irrationally jealous, and then, yeah. and then, like, uh, the other day, my friend Whitney um, tweeted, like, when I get down on myself, I just have to remember, at least I'm not doing this for a living. And then posted a screen cap that was just, like, from, like, it was just an account that was just, like, everything wrong with blank. And it's just, like, everything wrong with Transformers in five minutes or less. Everything wrong with Get Out in 15 minutes or less. Everything wrong with Cars. In, like, and it's just, like, oh, my God just sounds exhausting and like just soul killing yeah and it's just like when do you i guess it's been sort of if you think about people starting like 2007 ish when youtube was kind of like in its beginning slash i would say like prime of Mm -hmm. like viral content um 
I mean, that means, like, you've been going for, like, a decade on doing this. And, like, at what point do you give up? And what point is it, like, can I just move on from this Um, and have other people stop caring? It's just, like, it's, like, a weird world of just, like, weird C-to-D-level fame that still exists. God. Um, Yeah, where do you think the auto-tune the news people are now? Oh God, I don't know. I <laughs> I actually saw them live. <laughs> I've seen a lot of weird, like weird, weird stuff live. I actually saw them live, which was like not fun. Um, Cause I was super into team star kid when I was in college and mm-hmm. they did like the, a very Potter musical. And also like Darren Chris was on Glee and also did team star kid. And I was in love with him. So I was like, I had to go, but I'll do the news like open for them. And it was, like, very strange. I also think this was, like, um, oh, my God. What's, like, that, like, touring? It's not, like, like whatever con of, like, touring, like, viral people that goes on tour. Oh, like the, the name. DFTBI people? Yeah, I think so. Like the know, Greens? Like, yeah. And they yeah. all, like... But yeah, so it was like very early, like a very early incarnation of that tour. Mm. And they just like, I saw them perform live and it was, it was an experience. Some things are best left on the internet. Um, yeah. yeah. But I feel like, <laughs> I hope they're, they're profiting from like, um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt using their, their style for the theme song. <laughs> oh my God. I feel like that was the first time I had heard that out of that like auto-tuning style in years yeah we were really into it in like 2007 2008 though huh that was like a big thing yeah it was everywhere oh yeah they're called the gregory brothers oh yeah didn't one of them do something or did i imagine that i don't know i feel like every like (laughs) just like every few months i'm like oh some youtuber like committed some heinous act yeah that was happening with, like, Vine, too. Like, Vine kind of had this, like, like period of 2015-ish where, like, all these super, super famous Vine personalities were just, like, doing worse and worse shit, and it was terrible. Yeah, it's almost like if, like, really young boys get, like, this just explosive level of attention and recognition, they, uh, <laughs> without any of the traditional like trappings of fame like you know people advising them and all this stuff they do bad stuff yeah it's almost <laughs> like white guessed? masculinity is toxic <laughs> oh I, I don't i tell me more i've not i um yeah oh yeah yeah it's just yeah it was very messy and then like people stopped caring about them and i think that but i think they still like have like people who care about like their twitters and instagrams yeah i mean i'm sure i don't i feel like none of these people just like disappear like they you know my one of my favorite activities to do is to scroll through i haven't done this actually in a couple months but like my favorite activities is to scroll through j14's follow list Mm -hmm. and see all the weird like like twitter famous celebrities that j14 follows and they will have like a surprising number of people who like care about them (laughs) and you won't recognize a single one of them, but they will have like hundreds of thousands, 
possibly even millions of people following them on Twitter. And you like you would be genuinely shocked. And they're like all like 14, 15. I just like to see what the teens are like listening I to. Just, and I'm just like, who are any of these people? I can't do that to myself because then I get <laughs> start getting really like upset that my um aptitude test in high school didn't say like famous vlogger, like because <laughs> I would really have loved that. Um Yeah. But but no, I uh, we really we really fucked up. We really <laughs> fucked that one up uh, yeah. by not being famous teens. I know. God. I would have been such a great Instagram thought. God, in my right? teen years. I really Oh man. Really dropped the ball. So yeah. worried about my my internet safety back in those days. <laughs> Could have just unlocked my MySpace account. Oh yeah. <laughs> RIP. Yeah. Yeah, man, the internet is different than it was before, which is a very innate thing to say. <laughs> yeah, but uh, definitely like a lot, like a lot more open, I guess. For like, like I remember there was like just so much panic when I first like got on my space. At the disco, my... yes. <laughs> I was panicking at the disco every day. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like when I had my MySpace, I had to like like keep it super on the DL, and like my mom couldn't really know that I had it, and I like had to keep my like live journals super locked like it was like very much like there's so much panic from every parent oh yeah that we were online yeah no it was wild like um i think that's something that is almost impossible to communicate to people who didn't like exist at that time that like people used to be really worried about the internet (laughs) yeah and like it's it's funny because i i go to a lot of like pop concerts and a lot of especially pop concerts for people with really large teen fan bases and it's like so many of the kids go there with people that they just like met online Wow! and I was like my mom would have never like I can't think of a single person I knew in high school that any of their parents would have let them do that yeah I think there's definitely like more ways of betting and like I think teens are just like more aware of ways to kind of like look around and like figure out if someone's like a real person or like how, you know, but yeah, there's definitely a lot more openness to it than I could have ever imagined. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's unreal. Like the idea of, of meeting someone from, from online used to be such like this intense thing. Like, I don't know that I ever did it. Maybe like, maybe once or twice, but I can't even think of, of cases where that happened. Um, yeah. Like, whereas now it's like, yeah, God, like fucking like, I remember actually like even on like early, okay, Cupid, there was still mm-hmm. a question that was like, would you consider meeting someone that you met on okay, Cupid? And it's like, well, I mean, yeah, but, like, there would have had to have been people in those, like, early days, even relatively late in, like, the 2000s, who were, like, no, I'm not comfortable, <laughs> like. Yeah, no, that's, like, I was, like, talking about this with a couple of my friends because we all downloaded Tinder, like, pretty, pretty young. I mean, I think when we were, like, 20, like, 19 or 20, like, it first come out, and we have downloaded it, but then, like, none of us met up with people Cause we were just like, why would we like, that's terrifying. Like we live in New York. Like I like went to school in New York. So I was just like, it's like a 
a wild thing. I would never meet up with a stranger online. And then, like, I feel like in the last, like, two to three years is when everyone, like, it's become much more common for people to do that. But mm-hmm. I remember it was still even super taboo when I was, like, like 20 for people to meet up with anyone that they met, like, through a dating app especially. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember, like, the first time that you did that? Um, I did think you ever I, do that? Like, yeah. I, like, the first time I ever went on an online date was, like, when I was 22, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I was, like, 21 or 22. Because I remember, like, we all, like, and, like, we were all, like, out of college by that point, And, like, more people were starting to like use it and you know go on dates through it so he's like I went on like a date with this guy and we went to a jazz concert and it was four hours long which is like too long for a first date with someone you met through the internet um but yeah but he did not murder me (laughs) so that was exciting yeah no that's good (laughs) (laughs) so it was totally fine Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that was like, I think that was the first time I went on an internet date. Yeah, I trying to think if I remember it. Um, I mean, I definitely like had some pretty positive experiences the first few times that I used something like OkCupid, which I think led me into this false sense of security of like, oh, this is this works out. And then I had some like not great experiences and was like, oh, right yeah <laughs> yeah people are flaky or like whatever um but uh yeah I think I've had worse experiences with like the people that I've met in real life but also like <laughs> I was like going through a period where I was like picking up guys in clubs and that was like and like being like let's go on a date and then later realizing that's like the worst thing you can uh, <laughs> worst place to like vet a person is yeah we met at 2 a.m <laughs> we are clearly thinking straight <laughs> and let's go on a date tomorrow and then it's like oh god <laughs> poor choice yeah that is rough <laughs> so yeah so i've like had better better experiences with with dating apps yeah, I feel like for a lot of people I know, like, dedicated dating apps have become less and less of a thing. Like, it's weird seeing, like, Tinder and, like, related things just become, like, oh, these are basically just for, like, like, it feels like, um, I don't know, I think there's, like, this old joke, like, among social scientists and, like, sociologists that, like, like, you know, you go, you like, fi- like infiltrate a cult to do research on it. And like everyone else there is like also doing the same thing. Uh, <laughs> and it feels like Tinder is like, is anyone using Tinder or is everyone just there to like get funny screen caps for Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I think I have like, I feel like my friends are so split and like, I feel like half of them are just like so methodical with like going on tinder dates and like like tinder and like grinder and bumble like they're all like very methodical with it and like they like go on so many and then i have like half of my friends who basically just like just use it to like swipe and like maybe talk to people most likely not go on a date with them Mm -hmm. so yeah it's like very very split down the middle with how people use them all yeah yeah um god (laughs) um 
What is wait Bumble? Is that like the the advanced one? That's the one where women like have to message first. Oh right, that sounds horrible. Um, yeah, I mean everything sounds horrible. There's no <laughs> situation in which I'm communicating with a man where I'm like, this is working well for me. Um, <laughs> like God, yeah. Uh, what's, what's the one that's like you have to be famous to be on? Raya, I've been dreaming of getting on that one. <laughs> I want to be on that one so bad. That's definitely <laughs> one where it's just like a matter of I would just like to have it. Yeah. And never really use it. But it's like $15 a month. Wait, you can just pay to get on it? Or do you have well, to no, be added you have to get and accepted. then you have to pay? Yeah, you have to be accepted first. And I made the mistake of when I first downloaded it, I didn't write down the people that I knew that had Raya. Because I also wasn't confirmed that they had it. And then now I'm still on the waiting list. And so I'm never... I'm never going to date John Mayer, who I know is definitely on there. And also, I don't want to date him. So I guess that kind of works. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, I guess that works out then. That's fine. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> but it's cool because you have, like, a theme song. What? And, like, yeah. So I've, like, I've seen some of my friends who do have it. And the way it's set up is it looks pretty similar to, like, Tinder. But when you, like before you swipe you can like go to a person's profile and they like the photos kind of come out like a slideshow uh-huh. and they put you can choose like a song to play over your slideshow wow and so john mayer the only celebrity i know that has it well i know a couple of the celebrities that do have it but the only song that i know is that he has a law and order theme song or at one point had the law and order theme song so yeah John Mayer. <laughs> God, how does he keep who is he dating someone right now that we know of? I mean hopefully not. Yeah, just I just for the sake just, of whoever would be his just next like lock up the dick. <laughs> yeah. Just put it in dick jail. <laughs> someone put John Mayer in dick jail, please. I'm begging you. <laughs> just keep him in dick jail for life. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. It's like shocking how many people have dated him. <laughs> it is. It's like unreal. It's like, how does this keep happening? It's just douchebags continuing to thrive. It's so upsetting. Yeah. I hate it. Why date John Mayer when Fred Durst is probably available? Probably. Like, who knows? <laughs> is he married? I don't know. Am I going to look it up? I mean, Definitely. I mean, if he's directing commercials for eHarmony, maybe he's just dropping some unsubtle hints. He is married. Wow. He's married to a makeup artist. Oh, fun. Yeah. Uh, maybe they, like, work together on, like, shoots. Yeah. No, that's cute. Yeah. He also has a daughter. His daughter is, like, 26 years old. Wow. Man, what's what's she up to? Oh, he's been married multiple times. Oh yeah, I wanna. I am gonna find out if Adriana May Durst is on Twitter. And uh, nope, she is not. <laughs> uh, Let you have some good stories. I want to interview her. You should yeah. interview her. I should. I should interview all of Fred Durst's children. Well, we'll split them up. Yeah. Yeah. You could have Dallas. Well, can we, can we flip for it? 
I guess. Okay. I mean, it is a cool name. I'll give him that. Uh, Yeah. Uh, He had a feud with Slipknot. (laughs) And Eminem. Oh, my God. I mean... Uh, no, his feud with Eminem came from a feud between Eminem and Everlast. Wow. Is there Jesus. a more 1999 sentence than that? Oh my God. How these are the worst feuds I've ever heard. <laughs> these are just like the worst. I hate these feuds. They suck. <laughs> like Everlast. Who would you want to be in the feud section of your Wikipedia page? Oh my god. Um, Ultimate Warrior, the wrestler, uh-huh. which I came out on top of that one because you know, he's dead. So uh, that's <laughs> advantage merit, I think. Um, <laughs> who else? Adriana Huffington? Yes. Oh, fucking obviously. <laughs> uh, god. Uh what or how about you? I think I would want to have a feud with like hmm, maybe like Adam Duritz from the Counting Crows, just like someone super ooh, just like random. Uh, yeah, he still looks like that, huh? Does he still? Yeah. <laughs> is he still wearing that? He still he still looks like that. Still is exactly is the way to put it. <laughs> he's the same he's frozen in time he has not changed since the 90s i will say though that um i feel like someone i know was like uh knocking the Ken and crows cover of big yellow taxi recently and i was just like you shut your fucking mouth because don't speak ill of the Ken and crows in my presence because <laughs> Fine. I, you know, fine. You want to compare it to the original? I guess. Does the original have Vanessa Carlton? It does not. Um, and like, (laughs) I'm sorry, but Mr. Jones is like still, is like just one of the all time greats. Oh, that song goes off. It fucking pops. It is so good. It's incredible. I want to be Bob Dylan. I want to be Bob Dylan. We, we all want to be, we all want to be uh, tigers, I think. Lions. We all want to yeah. be cats. Some kind we of cat. We all want to be big, big stars. Big, big. St- here, the things we want to be, according to Mr. Jones, Bob <laughs> Dylan, uh, big, big stars, uh, cats. Uh, <laughs> you know, just a uh, cat man, Bob Dylan, who is super famous. I want to be Picasso. Picasso as well. Uh, I what? Okay, wait. I gotta look it up. I gotta look it up because I gotta know. <laughs> I gotta know. I can't believe I don't know the lyrics of the song off like by heart, but um We're like we're like going out of order. That doesn't help our, our It doesn't help. Um I wanna be Ugh. someone who believes. I wanna be a lion. Uh we all wanna be big, big stars. Um I wanna be someone to believe. Uh so someone who believes and someone to believe. Yeah. And uh I want to see me staring right back at me when I look at the television and I want to be just about as happy as I can be. Yeah. So, um, honestly a classic. Yeah. It's, uh, it's perfect. Cannot be beat. Um, (laughs) I, 
I highly recommend it. Um, it's highly recommended as a as a karaoke track. And speaking of recommendations, get wrecked. We have yeah. one real segment in this show that I may have told you about. Yes. Oh, thank God. Um, <laughs> because sometimes I neglect to do that. Uh, the segment is called Get Wrecked. And it's the segment where we each recommend something to our audience, our lovely, beautiful, fragrant, bejeweled listeners. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's guest's choice whether you want to go first or uh, want me to go first. Um, I can go first. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so I was like figuring out what I wanted to recommend. And then I become, I became so obsessed over the weekend with that new show glow. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think it is the best show. I watched a lot of television this year and I think it's like probably the best thing I've watched. It's just all about female friendship. My favorite like subject in anything and just like these female wrestlers in the 80s. There's a lot of great big hair, a lot of <laughs> colorful outfits, a lot of wrestling jokes. Um, Mark Marin is, he is all right um, on it. But Allison Brie is like excellent on the show. Wow. I didn't know like, all these people were in it. Yeah. It's, it's just like, I mean, I have like a, I like wrestling. I don't like keep up with it too often. But sure. like, even if you don't like wrestling, I think it's like super easy to get into and still enjoy because it's just like just a really fun 80s like comedy awesome that sounds super cool yeah uh yeah i've heard good things so um yeah that's on netflix yes it's on netflix it's um the entire season one is is streaming now cool awesome uh, well, for my thing, I was thinking about it today and was like, you know, it's getting hot in the Northeast, in New York, um, and more than ever, it is important to stay hydrated. Um, I'm a very big proponent of, of you know, staying hydrated and like, you know, getting that good, good water into your body because your body is like... Like, uh, you know, at, at least 50% water, um, there's no way of knowing the exact percentage, but, uh, but it's a big part of your organs and your blood and guts is, is water. And so you, you do want to keep that water in there or you will turn into the mummy, um, and not like the sexy <laughs> mummy from the new one, uh, the other one, the, um, the other mummy. So, what I'm going to recommend is getting like a refillable water bottle and uh, like, and just, just, you know, just cranking on it. Um, like often early and often, like I bought a clean canteen, not that I'm like married to like this brand or anything, but like I bought a clean canteen, 800 milliliters water bottle, like in the fall. And basically if I fill and drink th- it three times a day that's like 2400 milliliters of water and that's like pretty good um i think for me at least and like i keep track Mm -hmm. of it on my phone um and i think i've started drinking a lot more water since i bought this and um it's just like been a really good thing and i think you know having water with you um 
when you're out in the world is like a very, a very good thing to do. So getting like a water bottle like that, that you know that you're going to use and take with you is my recommendation. It's kind of pedestrian. It's kind of just like mundane, like, you know, but they don't all have to be super exciting as you can stay hydrated and watch glow. Like, you know, <laughs> it's two things you can do at the same time. So, yeah. So I think it's, a, it's two great tastes that taste great together. <laughs> Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on. This was a lot of fun. Um, I had a really yeah, good time for... chasing the personal life of Fred Durst and uh, <laughs> and just in really invading his children's privacy. And um, and we'll we'll uh, touch base on those interviews, and uh, we will uh, we'll figure that out. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, do you want to tell people where they can find you online? Um, you can find me on Twitter uh, under oh hey Brittany o h h. E-Y-B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y. And that's where all my all my mini thoughts are just poured into right on my Twitter. Awesome. Great. All right. Well, uh, thanks again. Thanks for and having me. I will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Secrets is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Woodland Secrets is a part of Stay Mean, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Mean at woodlandsecrets.co support. For as little as three bucks a month, you'll get access to a monthly newsletter and frequent bonus episodes of our shows. If you'd like to have a message read on the show, head to woodlandsecrets.co slash messages. You can help people find out about the show. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at Woodland Podcast and at Stay Mean Co. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>